My goodness gracious, that's a good song. Amen. Thank you, Terry and Kyle. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, choir. Choir sung one of my favorite songs today. And thank all of you for taking part in worship. If you brought your Bibles, let's look at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, we want to look at verses 15 through 20. And then we have some other selected passages that I'll share with you. Matthew chapter chapter 7, 15 through 20. And uh, so if you're able, if you would, please stand, respect, and as we read God's Word, inherent, inspired, infallible Word of God. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. These words are in red, so Jesus is speaking. He says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravious wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to come together this morning in Bible study, Sunday school, and witness of baptism as worship began. And so now, Father, through a time of worship, praise songs and hymns, we come to opening your word. Help us to understand that it's you speaking to us. Help us not to be just hearers of your word, but doers of your word. Help us, Father, we pray now as we allow you to speak to our hearts and mind. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. Allow your Holy Spirit to be our teacher and our guide as we look over these verses in Matthew chapter 7 and some others. Thank you for each person here. We pray you'll speak to each person, chair by chair, row by row, and, Father, meet whatever spiritual need that they have here this morning. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm going to be sharing with you a sermon I've entitled, False Prophets in Sheep's Clothing. It's taken out of the text there. Verse 15, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. As you read the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter, you'll find from chapter 5 all the way through chapter 7, verse 29, Jesus is teaching his disciples in a great sermon known to us as the Sermon on the Mount. Now, you've heard of that. I've been to that place where they say he stood and, and he preached to his disciples as they were seated around there on the ground. The great Sermon on the Mount deals with the Beatitudes and the believers being the salt and the light and the, uh, the mur- about murder in the heart and adultery in the heart and loving your enemies and the model prayer. You know, his disciples won't know how to pray, and he said, pray in this manner. And so he led them in a prayer. He taught them how to pray. The Sermon on the Mount deals with how to fast and how to ask, seek, and knock, and it deals with the narrow way. But in chapter 7, verse 15 through 20, he teaches us to beware. Starts that off. In verse 15, beware, beware, take heed, watch, keep yourself. It's emphatic. He makes the warning real clear. 
he makes it real strong. Beware, first of all, if you're taking notes, beware of false prophets. Beware of false preachers. Now, why the emphatic warning? Why is he so emphatic about this? Well, one of the major things that could keep you from seeking the right gate or the right way, seeking salvation, seeking heaven, one way that could hinder you is by a false prophet, what they would have to say. So notice, they come to you, he says, in sheep's clothing. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to come in sheep's clothing? Well, outwardly, they appear as, as all ministers or as all preachers or as all leaders in the church would appear. They look harmless. They look harmless. They look kind. They, they have good intentions. They look like the inwardly, uh, outwardly, everything appears to be all right, but inwardly, they're full, of, they're full of hate and anger, and they're full of deceit. And so what does it mean? First of all, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but number two, they twist the truth, and he warns of false prophets, teachers who seek to twist the truth, and scriptures kind of fit their, their own agenda. And by doing this, by being this way, they deceive their audience with uh, false prophecy and false teaching, false doctrine, while at the same time appearing to be real attractive. And so Jesus gives a warning. You know, sometimes the truth can, be, uh, can get twisted, it can get blurred, it can be manipulated in life, and things really just don't seem at times black and white. I've had people to say to me, that's not black and white, it's kind of in the gray area. Well, when it comes to the Scripture, it's pretty black and white. Okay, it's pretty black and white. I was talking last, last night, Judah and I drove to Columbus, Mississippi. If you remember, some of you that have been in Phil Campbell for a long time, been in the school system, Terry and Donna Gooden, they were on staff at Phil Campbell. He was a football coach and later assistant principal, and, and they were members of our church, and yesterday was their 50th wedding anniversary. And so they, they gave them a surprise get-together in Columbus. And so we showed up, and it was good to see him. And, and we were talking about how, how in school, oftentimes, or on the job, wherever you might be, people will say, well, that's just not, that's a gray area. That's not black. That's not white. Let me tell you something. The Bible's not a gray area. It's pretty plain. It's, it's, it's black and white. But, there, you know, at times things just don't seem to be as black as they should be or as white as should, they should be. They, they start to appear gray. And so Satan and his forces have twisted the word of God since the beginning of, the time, uh, of time. For an example, Adam and Eve, you remember how he twisted that. God says, don't partake of the tree that's in the center of the garden. And what did, it, what did Satan do? God says, if you partake of that tree in the center of the garden, you're going to die. And Satan did what? He said, you're not going to surely die. So he twisted the words of God. So the main goal is to deceive and lead astray and distract us away from God and from truth. Now, Satan will do that. The point is, sometimes the wolf in sheep's clothing knows the Bible better than we do. You agree with that? Amen, I do. 
That person can twist the Bible so much we might find ourselves confused over what real truth is anymore. This past four weeks, one of ours came and Paul Will Banks came and talked about Jehovah's Witness belief. Oh my goodness. It twists the scripture. Today you have you confused and you really don't know what to believe. It's kind of gray. It's, is this right? Is this not right? Is this good? What's the Bible say? Well, we have our Bible, they'll tell you. So be careful. He says, beware a false prophet. Secondly, how do I recognize a wolf in sheep's clothing? Now, you better be listening to this because you're going to be confronted with it from time to time. How do I recognize a wolf in sheep's clothing? I'm going to list about three or four things. First of all, they refuse the wolf sheep's clothing. They refuse correction and they respond to criticism with anger every time. They refuse criticism and they will respond to criticism with anger. And so when you confront a wolf in sheep's clothing, the response is not going to be one of humility. It's not going to be one of, of repentance. But the person's going to respond in anger and bitterness. And they'll often turn the criticism back on you. You may have experienced this. The main goal for that, for that wolf in sheep's clothing is preservation. Preservation. They want to, they want to maintain um, their, their authority. They want to maintain their, their power, their authority. So remember, a wolf will appear meek in front of an audience perhaps, but they will show their aggression when they are confronted about what they're teaching and preaching. They really will. Secondly, jot this down. They lack the fruit of the Holy Spirit. How do I recognize the sheep and wolf's clothing? They, they lack the fruit of the Spirit. Look, if you will, at Matthew 7, verse uh, 16. He says, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes, figs from thistles? Even so, even good trees bear good fruit. Bad tree bear, bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit, is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you shall know them. If you would, flip over or look at the screen or jot the scripture down. Galatians chapter 5, 22, he speaks of the good fruit. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faithful faithfulness, uh, goodness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. So these are characteristics, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. These are characteristics of a person being led by the Holy Spirit. That's, these are the characteristics that should be in every Christian's life. But the point is, the wolf does not bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The wolf may appear gentle and may appear loving in front of people. But I'm going to tell you what, behind closed doors... They lack kindness and gentleness and self-control and the other fruits also. So be careful. Be careful because they lack the fruit of the Holy Spirit and you'll recognize them by their fruit. Oftentimes, we, we're tempted to look more closely to what's on the outside of an individual. 
And that's just human nature. But God looks what's in the heart of the individual. And so eventually, eventually, the truth of who they really are will be brought to light. And the Bible says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, make this note. God, He will bring to light, He will bring to light what is hidden in the darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. God's going to bring it to light. He'll bring it to light. And so you have to be careful because they lack the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And whatever's in their heart is going to be brought to light. You know, Judy, she'll make, she makes a lot of tea we, uh, at the house for the kids and grandkids and, and um, myself. And, and so I noticed she'll, she'll get to water and she'll turn the water on and, and that water will start, start boiling. And, and when the heat comes up, what's in the bag is going to come out. So the point is, if you keep probing and you keep asking questions, eventually, when the heat rises, what's inside the bag is going to come out. What's inside that person is going to come out. It'll be made known. God will make it known. So, first of all, watch out. Be aware, he says. How do I recognize a wolf in sheep's clothing? Well, they refuse correction. They respond with criticism and anger. And secondly, they lack the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another one. How do I respond to a wolf in sheep's clothing? Know the word, or point three. How do I respond? How do I recognize? Point two, how do I respond? So you come across uh, someone, and, and all of a sudden they're teaching or preaching a doctrine that you've been taught different, or you feel like the Bible teaches different. So how do I respond? How do I respond to the wolf in sheep's clothing? First of all, God know God's word, and you'll know if it's being twisted. If you know God's word yourself, you'll know if it's being twisted. You know, the FBI, they, they know how to detect counterfeit money. You know how they know that? You know how they can tell a bill is counterfeit? Although they may not have a piece of equipment there, they study the original. They study, that, they study the original bill, whether it's 20 or 50 or 100, and they study those bills so much that if they're handed a bill, sometimes by feeling, sometimes just a sh short glance, by studying the original, they can tell a counterfeit. And if you know God's Word and you practice God's Word, you read the Bible, you study the Bible, you attend Bible fellowship, you just can't get enough of this book, all of a sudden, one day, if you're conversing with someone, you'll say, hey, man, that's not right. That's not scriptural. Where'd you get that? So to respond, know God's word, and you'll know if it's being twisted or not. And if we do not know the word of God, then we'll never know if we're being deceived or not. So you have to know the word of God. Study it. Meditate upon it. Guard the word in your heart. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, Your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Guard your word. Guard, guard his word in your heart, in your life. So how do I respond to the wolf? I know God's word. And then I press close to God. I press close to him. How do you press close to God, Brother Sammy? Well, you pray. You pray. You talk to God. How do you press? You pray. And you talk to God. You listen to God. That's pressing to God. You pray, 
you listen, you allow God to speak to you through his spirit, to your spirit. He can speak to you through individuals, through fellow Christians. He can speak to you through a song. He can speak to you through a, through a, through a sermon. He, he speaks to you. He'll speak to you. So press close by praying and listening and stay right close to his side. If you begin to drift in your commitment to the Lord, you're going to run into some problems. Number three in, in knowing God's word, trust the discernment and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. God gave you his spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in, living inside of us as Christians, and that was for a reason. That's for a purpose. John 16, verse 13, says this. John 16, verse 13. <clears throat> However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He's going to guide you in the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And so God has given us the Holy Spirit, given you the Holy Spirit to guide us in discernment and in wisdom. You get, you get knowledge out of books, but you get wisdom from God. And you have the Holy Spirit in you to guide you and to give you wisdom in your everyday life as a Christian. God in you. I believe, what, I believe the, the spirit, the gift of discernment is given to every believer when they're saved. You know, you have different spiritual gifts. I believe that every believer has the gift of discernment. Have you ever been hearing something on TV and all of a sudden you say, well, that's not right. The Bible doesn't teach that. That's the spirit of discernment. And I believe every Christian has that. So if you're a believer, you have the spirit of discernment. So trust the discernment and, and wisdom of the Holy Spirit. God's given that to us, to guide us. And so when you're, when you're becoming unsettled about something, when something is just not right, just press close to God by, by praying and by listening and staying close to his side. Just stay close to him and listen for the Holy Spirit to give you the discernment that you need to have at that time. So how do I respond to the wolf? I know his word, know God's word. I press close to God. I trust the discernment and wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And then do this, do this. Surround yourself with believers who you know and who you can trust. Have some believers who are friends. I mean, this is in everything. Proverbs, Proverbs uh, chapter 11 Verse 14 says this, Where there's no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And so have you some Christian friends. Have some that have trusted Christ, and, and you know they're studying the Word, and you know you can talk to them, and you can get some Christian counseling. You can, you can have believers to come to your side and to assist you when you're struggling with biblical counseling. So here's the point. Use, use caution in whom you listen to. Be careful in who you listen to. Be careful in who you choose to give you guidance. If you're having a problem with your marriage, go to someone that has a great marriage and is a believer. If you're having problems with, uh, with your children, go to a Christian parent who's been a parent for seven year, several years and sit down and get your guidance from that Christian parent or those Christian parents. If you're having problems with your job, 
feel like you need to change jobs, find a, find a brother or sister in Christ and have them be praying with you and, and, and allow the Holy Spirit to give you the discernment. If you're having, if it, you know, if you're having problems with your parents, teenagers, pray. Find you another Christian teenager that you can go to and ask you to pray. Ask them to pray with you. Go to them. So how do I respond to a wolf in sheep's clothing? Know his word, press close to God, trust the sermon and wisdom of the Holy Spirit, surround yourself with the right people, and then ask them to help you through prayer and, and their, their uh, discernment of what God would have you to do. And I'm going to give you one more, and I'm closing with this. How do I respond to the wolf? Number five, seek guidance from your pastor. Seek guidance from your pastor. Ephesians chapter 4. Now, the best translation that I found on this verse was the Amplified Version. I want you to listen to this. Seek guidance from your pastor. Now, some are called pastors. He, and, uh, it's at verse 11. And his gifts were varied, the Holy Spirit. He himself appointed, God appointed, and gave men to us, some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, those that are inspired. You got preachers and expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, preachers of the gospel, some pastors. What's a pastor? A shepherd of a flock. The shepherds of what? His flock. And so the Holy Spirit has a calling on different people's lives. And some are called to be pastors. Now, why are we called to be pastors? To shepherd the flock, to assist the flock, to help the flock. Now, over 46 years ago, God called me to be a pastor. Preaching is part of it. But he's called me to be a pastor, a shepherd, to shepherd the flock to shepherd his sheep. And it was his will to put me right here in Mountain View Baptist Church as a shepherd, his shepherd, to lead his flock here. I didn't take, well, it really didn't take me much time to understand what shepherding really meant. It's more than preaching. It was, it, here's what shepherding means. Taking care of sheep. That's what shepherding means. He's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. He has a flock. He has the church of the, the church of the living God is his flock. He has individual congregations where he is called shepherds, pastors, to shepherd those sheep for him. Not that he can't do it, but he's chosen to use mortal man to do it. Those that he's called. And so shepherding is more than preaching. And so I discovered that shepherding is being concerned about his sheep. Being concerned about their welfare, their growth, their holiness, their purity, their knowledge, their faith, their love, their trials, their temptations, their sicknesses, their diseases, their suffering, their children, and they're dying. 
while at the same time protecting them from wolves who come into the flock and try to destroy the sheep and the shepherd. That's what shepherding is. And being called by the great shepherd is a very humbling experience because you've been called to take care of the sheep. And I've said, Lord, why me? Why me? Why here? Why here? Why so long, Lord? But although it's humbling, it comes with an overwhelming responsibility. Look, if you will, uh, at look, if you will, at Hebrews. If you look at Hebrews chapter, I believe it's chapter thirteen. Hebrews chapter 13, and we're going to look at, um, we're going to look at verse 17. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Here's instructions. I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Here's the instructions. Follow me now. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Verse 17 says this, I'm to watch over, meaning I'm to look after your souls, your total being whatever that involves. And it also says that I'm to give an account one day and how I do that. You say, well, Brother Samuel, what about that word word obey? What about that word? What about some translations have submit? I like what J. Vernon McGee says in his commentary on this verse. He said this, if your pastor is a man of God, and that's something you got to decide, If your pastor is a man of God who is teaching and preaching the word of God, then you are to obey the word of God as he, the pastor, has given it to you. If you you feel I'm a man of God and I take this right here and I preach to you, you may not like what it says. But if I use this and I can show you book, chapter, and verse, of what God is instructing you and me to do. You're to obey, not this, but this. I'm not telling you anything. He's telling you, and he's saying, obey this. This is what you obey. Here's the point. It would, better, it would be better for you not to hear the word at all than to hear the word and not obey it. Here's the point. If I've been given the responsibility to watch over your souls and I know that I'm accountable to God and I'm going to stand before God one day, believe me, my friend, I would not mislead you in no way, no form, whatsoever. If I tell you something and I don't tell you the book, chapter, and verse, don't obey me. 
but obey this. Be submissive to this. And as best as I can, I'm going to do that like I've done today. I'm going to give you the scripture. I'm going to give you the verse. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. And do I make mistakes? Yes, I make mistakes. I'm not, I'm not, in, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm imperfect. I'm, just, I'm made out of mud like you are. We're all imperfect people. However, God's called me to be the under-shepherd, the pastor, and to lead his sheep. He called me to have a concern for his sheep in all those ways I mentioned. And then he called me to protect the sheep from the wolves in sheep's clothing. And Jesus, oh, you can Google yourself. You can Google wolves in, she you can Google wolves in sheep's clothing if you'd like. Jesus warned Matthew 15, we talked about that, beware of false prophets. 2 Peter 2, 1, false prophets are among the people and they'll bring destructions and heresies. 1 John 4, 1, don't believe every spirit. Try the spirit to see if they be of God or not. Matthew 24, verse 11, many false prophets will arise in those last days. I want to read uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4 out of the ESV. It's a better translation. I think you have it. Thank you, Kevin. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they'll go from one place to another to get what they want to hear. That's what that means. They'll have itching ears, and they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. The Word of God. Not me. The Word of God. And if he says it, I believe it, and people do it. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Hebrews 13, 17. The God-called leader. Notice in that. Look at that one more time. I'm fixing to quit. Obey those who rule over you, what they preach, what they teach, if they're God-called. Be submissive, for they watch out for your souls, as those who's going to give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. You see, a God-called preacher can be grieved. Now, how's that? If you follow them, they can, be, they, can, you, they can experience joy or they can experience grief. And they can experience joy if you follow them, obey the words that they preach. They're filled with joy because the work goes on. It goes on. But if the people fail to follow the leader, the work of Christ then is hampered. And we'll not grow in Christ like we should. And then we'll begin to cause hurt and pain and division and dissension. Why is that? Because we're not obeying the Word of God. And that brings grief to the preacher. We become tools of destruction instead of instruments of love and care and nourishment. And I jotted down, we lose out on the contribution the leader could have contributed to our lives if we say, I'm not going to obey the Word of God. Beware of false prophets. How to recognize the wolf. How do I respond? Know the Word. Press close to God. Trust the, trust the discernment and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Uh, just surround yourself with believers who you know and who you trust. And by all means, seek guidance from your pastor. Let's have a word of prayer together. Heavenly Father.
My goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And so thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that teaches us and guides us as we open the pages of it. I pray, Lord, for each person here. And God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for calling me to preach. I thank you for calling me to be a pastor, to be a pastor and to love your people and to preach your word to your people and to see them grow and see them be discipled and see them in turn discipling others. What a, what a privilege and an honor it is, Lord, to serve you in this position. And so, Father, I pray. I pray for our church. pray for our church family. Lord, as we continue to do what you've called us to do, you've left us here, Lord, to evangelize and discipleship. And, and Lord, I pray that you'll help me to rightly divide the word of truth and, and preach this to your people. And they may believe and obey your word and they can, they can continue to grow in, in, in their sanctification, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, by looking out and seeing so many that have grown in the past because they've obeyed your word. And God, I thank you for them. I, I really do. And help, it, help all of this to be joyful, Lord, and not grievous. I thank you, Lord, for the peace that you give us that passes all understanding. And God, I pray for every person here this morning. There's some here this morning that the word's gone out and they need to respond in a positive way as the Holy Spirit speaks to their heart. Not respond to me, but respond to your word and respond to your spirit. And some here today need to give their life to you, Lord. They need to just humble their heart and say, I can't go no further, Lord. I've, I've got to trust you. Please forgive me and come into my life and save me. and Make me right with you, Lord. I pray, Lord, for those who are listening today who are struggling with the same, uh, same need they have in their life, Lord, to, to trust you. And I pray even wherever they are, in their living room, wherever they may be, kitchen or whatever, that they would humble their heart and ask you to come into their life and save them. Father, there are others that need to make other decisions, Lord, you've convicted them about. And I just pray, Lord, that uh, today will be the day. I've been looking forward to this day. I just... I just wish, Lord, Tuesday, I was wishing the next day was Sunday. and I just know you're going to work in the lives of people, Lord. I don't call them, you do. And you've spoken through your word this morning. And Father, thank you for warning us. Thank you, Lord, that we can be aware, even as we get closer to your coming, Lord, that they will be false teachers and prophets, Lord, trying to lead people astray, where they'll miss heaven and miss salvation. Help us to stay close to the book, close to the text, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our heart as we read those words. I pray now you'll forgive me of my sins and times that I've failed you in whatever way that might have been. But Lord, I pray for people here today that need you and need to serve you. Lord, that they would be concerned about their salvation and concerned about their sanctification, their growth, in the Lord. Listen this invitation time as people decide to follow you today. I pray they'll come in Jesus' name. Amen. Terry's going Well, again, I want to thank you for viewing our worship service. If you'd like to know how you could come to know Christ, 
as your personal Lord and Savior, please feel free to contact our church at the address listed. We also encourage you to visit our website. Thank you, and may God bless you.